Windscape. Chapter 24. Evil Intent. They had just enough time to put the mobile back in Flynn's pocket and flick the jacket away from the gap in the metal door. Quick, whispered Pavel, we need to get back down the tunnel to where Flynn left us or he'll be suspicious. They both plumped down just as the big heavy door swung inwards. Torture time, cried Flynn in a happy-go-lucky kind of voice. That Murdoch bloke said we shouldn't hurt him. Said we just had to keep him here for a bit and then... Shut it, Collie, barked Flynn. The one called Collie shrugged his shoulders and pulled his hoodie further down over his eyes. Lord whined and then produced his customary growl come woof. You better let us go, said Jenny, still wincing in the bright light. <laughs> Listen to her, said Flynn. The rest of the group laughed on cue. Look at him, Pavel Paul and his wee little Highland girlfriend. Pavel stiffened. Leave her alone, Flynn. What's wrong, Pav? Can you no think of what he's saying to make us laugh? Let me see. Flynn scrunched up Pavel's face with a big meaty hand and grinned. Him about better the devil you know. Pavel pulled his head away from Flynn's grip. Jenny saw Lord outside, been held by several of the yobs. One of them bolted forward and handed Flynn his old jacket. Flynn retrieved his mobile and threw the jacket back at the Ned. Bring him up to the tower, said Flynn. What Flynn called the tower was actually the big stone monument they'd seen earlier. It reminded Jenny of the needle stone that sat above Hushwish Bay. She wished she was still there huddled in out of the wind with her father and lord, looking down on their sheep. Hurry up, boys, said Flynn. Tie them to the tower and then we'll see if they can take the usual treatment. Jenny didn't like the sound of this at all, and she could see that Pavel was visibly shaking at the prospect. They were dragged up a small hill behind what looked like an abandoned castle until they arrived at the base of a red sandstone monument. Flynn ordered his thugs to tie them up. You see, Pav, you managed to get me expelled for school, and I've never been the same since. It was you who set me on this path of gratuitous violence and adventure. Flynn spoke with the annoying twang of a pirate. You see, there's a lot to thank you for, Pav. <laughs> I almost made you trip up to whatever it is you hide these days to sort you out myself. But there's so much to do down here. These days and Flynn stopped mid-flow. He screwed up his eyes. Why does Murdoch want you two out of the way so much? You never told us the reason. Pavel shrugged. Flynn beamed and addressed his gang. Did you see that, boys? He doesn't want to tell me. Jenny scanned the horizon for any sign of Wendy or the police. Bring out the hose, said Flynn. The boy called Collie trailed out a long length of black rubber hose. Flynn picked up the end and sniffed it. He screwed up his face and faked a wretch. Do you see that big circle of gravel down there, Pav? Jenny and Pavel looked over Flynn's shoulders. That's a sewage plant, said Flynn. And this, this is the waste hose. The gang rattled with laughter. We once covered a captive in the stuff, head to foot and left them for the seagulls to pick at for three days. Jenny strained on the rope. Lord barked as if knowing what Flynn was threatening. So, let me ask you one more time, Pav. 
Why is Murdoch chasing you? Why has he asked us to keep you here? What's the money at stake? Because there's always money behind this kind of thing. It's all about those things behind you, said Jenny, desperately trying to stall for time. Flynn turned. What hangs? The windmills, said Pavel. The windmills, repeated Flynn in a nasally childlike tone. You have to do better than that. He signalled one of his cronies to couple the hose to an outlet in the concrete wall several feet below the monument. A more substantial pipe led all the way back to the sewage pit. No, said Jenny, it's the truth. They're going to build windmills in our land and, and we're trying to stop them. Flynn leaned into Jenny's face. Why? She could smell his bad breath. Because our land is beautiful, said Jenny. Her voice was thin and full of fear. Because the ruined environment, said Pavel. The cowbirds and... Cowbirds! screeched Flynn. We cowbirds! Who cares about a few birds? Flynn paused to stare at the long row of giant windmills on the horizon. You know, you've given me an idea. Pavel found Jenny's hand behind his back and squeezed it reassuringly. Flynn turned back to face him and continued. I think we should take you across the glide and climb up to one of those things. I never really appreciated them before. They're a blooming work of art, Pav. But I reckon I could improve them a wee bit. How's that then, big man? said the snivelling collie. Flynn lashed out at his minion and then turned back to face Jenny. We could tie these two onto the sails and watch them spin and spin and spin. Hey! clamoured the gang. You're a genius, said Collie. Flynn slapped Collie across the head. Shut it, Collie! Collie ducked and then cringed like a naughty puppy. Here's what we're going to do, said Flynn. We'll cover them in the gunk, drag them across the water, and then we'll tie them to the sails that big windmill over there. Let them spin dry. Now you're talking, big man. <clears throat> Flynn scowled at Cowley. Stop calling me big man, or I'll test it out on you first. Jenny could see why Flynn might be annoyed at the name. He was only a little taller than her. Muscle-bound, but short. Hooky! shouted Flynn. Turn on the gunk! Let him have it! An excited-looking yob in black pushed down on a long, rusty handle next to the coupling. Wait! shouted a voice. The boy hesitated. Flynn spun round. Pavel gripped Jenny's hand even tighter. Jenny had hoped it was Windy coming to the rescue, but it wasn't. This man was much bigger. Who's that? she whispered. It's Big Birdie, Pavel whispered back. Flynn's had it now. In the hospital, Angus Murdoch walked down the bright corridor. Sunshine poured in through the full-length windows on either side of him, and his collar was wet with sweat. As he walked, he pulled on a pair of blue plastic gloves, then surreptitiously stuck his hands back into his pockets. His mind was racing. I should never have brought my jeep to the hospital car park. I should never have left Sandy to look out for Jenny McLeod and Pavel. Where's Ellen? Will I turn a corner and bump into her? I have to explain the whole thing. I'm going to have to do it. Can I help you, sir? said a nurse, dressed in navy and white. 
she fumbled for a watch in her pocket. Angus stumbled awkwardly over his words. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, he could feel his face flush hot. You look a little anxious. Are you sure you're okay? She pressed. I'm fine, I said. He pushed past her and scanned the signs ahead before staring back at her. The nurse was standing stock still in the middle of the corridor, holding her watch, cocking her head suspiciously at him. He turned the corner into the ward and waited a moment. Is she following me? He thought. He pictured Hamish MacLeod's face. It flickered in his head like an old movie reel. His neighbours' different expressions eventually all merging into one of complete and utter loathing. Angus's temples were burning. His chest was so tight that every breath was a judder. He was mumbling to himself, If I have to do it, I will. I've come this far and nothing is going to get my way now. He saw the sign that read, Coronary Care. MacLeod was supposed to be in the last bed in the ward. There were six beds to his left and four beds to his right. What had they meant? Was it the left or was it the right? He tried to pick out Hamish. He didn't recognise anyone. Then he saw it. The last bed on the right had a curtain pulled round it. That must be it. With any luck, he'd be out cold. The wind farm would go ahead. He would be rid of any interference. They would just think Hamish had died naturally. All he had to do was pinch the plastic tube that fed him the oxygen. All the men in here had a similar tube. He knew which one it was. Angus took a deep breath and then flicked open the curtain.